Hello, Pilari. How are you doing? Hello, Khotato. I'm well, thanks. And how are you? I'm all told out. Uh, welcome to Stage Fright. I know we've had a conversation on uh, another channel, but uh, uh, I'd like to welcome you to this one. Thank you. I've been listening to your monologues and oh, I've yeah, been yeah. loving them. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I have had some monologues I wanted to record this week, but I just couldn't get around to them. So hopefully next week would be a better one. Yeah, you will get to it. Cool. So, yeah, stage fright. Um, as you might have heard a few episodes, we like to focus on how things are transitioning. You know, a lot of mediums are transitioning and um, most episodes has been on art specifically but a lot of spaces are transitioning now including academia uh, so i think we will be talking a lot about that uh, so um, you ready yes i am ready cool. yeah um, be advised this call is uh, recorded for content creation purposes mm. <laughs> cool the first question my first question is mm, would you ever go to your graduation wearing pajamas? Would I ever go to my graduation wearing pajamas? Mm-hmm. No, I wouldn't. Why? Why not? Because in our culture, like black culture is very strict about your appearance. I think if I was white, I would put it off, right? I think mm. that um, like about the, the things that people say, um, when we go out, like if we do a house in spa, and then I just walk out and kabijama or anything, or I guess something goes by and basically return to my home, you are ostracized. Like they look at you like you have committed the worst sin in the world. Mm-hmm. So, one is that I will not, I think that it's a cool idea. Like, I'm not really fussy about my appearance but I think that the people around me will be very fussy about my appearance like I will not be allowed although mm-hmm. it's mine but I will not be allowed okay um, I, would you that I'd most definitely do <laughs> like yeah it would probably be the only reason why I would consider going back to school <laughs> Uh, just walk <laughs> to go. on that stage uh, with wearing a onesie. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I've a Pikachu. Never, I've never, yeah, I've bright colors. I've never thought of that before, but it's mm. a very, it's a very valid question. But mm. I've told you the reasons why for me that it's, it's a hard no. Okay. Uh, cool. Mm. So on to more serious matters, right? Mm. Mm, academia is changing now because of uh, COVID-19 lockdown responses and all these things and lost time is pretty much the main issue. So what do you think it's going to be the most significant uh, change in the space? I think the most significant space is that we are going to spend less time 
like in the physical universities. I think that mm-hmm. people are going to readjust to forms of like less classes and less like physical interactions. Like if mm-hmm. you have a chance to move it online, I think that people mm-hmm. are going to sort of choose that. And I don't know if, because I, I want to say that I, I don't know if the choice will be from the perspective of the students or it'll be from the university side. But I I think that it would be choices from the university sides because universities are not known for having, what is it, open dialogues or choices, like giving you choices about the things that they implement really. It's like mm-hmm. you wake up one day and then they tell you that we're doing this and this is what we're doing. Okay. And also consider mm. that um, basically most university staff um, can prime candidates uh, or um, at risk uh, category of COVID-19 because of their age. Oh yeah, that, that is true. That is true. Mm. It's, it's also very interesting when you think about it in that respect that uh, universities are so old like the people that are in academia are usually so old and the space for young people to come into academia it's so hard I was Mm -hmm. actually thinking the other day I was like you know um it's hard for you to find uh an academic position with just a master's right or even yeah. like these types of like fellowships and whatever, like, you know, programs, it's, mm. it's, it's so hard. And for example, like with UP, when I was still doing my master's, although like in, in honors, I think from my last year, third year, um, in honors, I was a tutor. Mm. But in in masters, I couldn't be a tutor because they said that my rates were too high, and basically they were cutting down costs. So they wanted people who mm. had less accolades. And it's like, how do you build experience to go mm-hmm. within academia if you can't do this? So even, you know, it's like mm-hmm. it's either you have a PhD or you really struggle, or the fortunate ones that just have uh, a graduate degree or a master's can get into it, but it's simply so hard, and I feel like that is very wrong. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, I'm interested in seeing whether or not that will change now, as, uh, you know, uh, because I feel like uh, the reality of the situation is, yes, yeah, there's a, pop- a part of the population that is at risk of dying, more at risk actually, uh, of dying from COVID-19. But the majority of population uh, can kind of go on living life as normal or, or as normal as it can be, mm-hmm. considering the changes that have been implemented. So I wonder if um, uh, they would now change the hiring processes like part of why does a person need a phd to be a lecturer i i understand you but Mm -hmm. i don't know i think academia is very 
like they work with hierarchies, right? Yeah. You need a PhD because a PhD um, teaches you um, research and all of the the experiences that you get in within a PhD program, right? Mm-hmm. I I think that you're being very but again positive, like hopeful about mm-hmm. them recruiting or hiring younger people I actually mm-hmm. have not even thought about it from that respect that it's kind of like saying because Ranija Jo they are older mm-hmm. like you know uh, our parliament is comprised of very old people which is where parliament ha- hasn't gotten back to business but point is is mm-hmm. that post? Are, are you talking about like post COVID? They will hire younger people because then, in general, they are yeah. less at risk. Or yeah, mm-hmm. but, that's our it, but it's what I'm saying is that post COVID, the parliament is not going to get younger. Yes, as well. So, yeah, so I don't think that academia will get younger. Um, post-COVID as well. I think that people are just going to, even if like a few people die here and there, and mm-hmm. even the people within the academic space, even if they die, I don't think that in general they're going to reevaluate their, mm-hmm. their their practices or what they actually do. Okay. Cool. So, yeah, that is more on the... Um, lecture aside on the changes right then there is um, a student side of the equation when people are questioning the whole varsity procedure and mainly it has to do with the fact that we all know that tuition isn't for the curriculum tuition is for the facilities uh, the headcount that we are exposed to, the networks that we are exposed to as well, and the many, many journals that we could easily read for free by visiting uh, a site that makes uh, all the right moves so that people read all these articles without having to be on a specific network. And all the tuition goes there. But then, now, as more and more people, or as people have had to study from home, it becomes, it, it put, brings into question, why am I paying this much money to get a degree from UP if I'm basically doing an online course when I could uh, get this uh, same degree from UNISA and basically study it in a similar fashion. So I don't know what your thoughts are on that specific shift. But what is the question? Mm, So maybe then a question would be, would we see a shift away from normal universities and more into your unisers who are specialist in the at uh, in the distance learning department uh, and who have a price tag which is actually 
sensible if you're considering that you are going to be doing distance learning rather than um, accessing all these different facilities that a normal university or is built around. Okay. Um, I'd like to believe so. I'd like mm-hmm. to believe that we we should move to more or rather universities should be more or offer options that are more like UNISA. Like outside okay. the, the normal spectrum that they have, but mm-hmm. like basically extend their range. Right? Mm-hmm. Because I think um places like UNISA offer more freedom for people than what a traditional university actually offers. And I think, in, I don't know how affordable UNISA is actually in terms of, like, relative to, like, tax. I know that, like, tax is not even the standard because it's very expensive, but other universities, do you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I don't really know. I know about, let's say, six-month courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, the UNISA is more manageable than tax, but um, all I know is how much my tuition was when I was studying, and it it, it was an arm and a leg. Uh, and um, also, also, I think the other thing with tax is we ended up paying quite a lot of money for things like accommodation and day-to-day expenses. So. Mm. Let's say the courses might be 80% uh, similarity in price or 60% similarity in price. But once you bring in the day-to-day course or uh, attending school to take ease, I I think that's where UNISA starts making sense. Yeah, I I also think so. I think so. Mm -hmm. I think for me, the the great thing about UNISA is that it offers more access like to more yeah. people. You get mm-hmm. it like but the problem yeah. is that UNISA can't be the space like at all. Like it has mm-hmm. to be those universities that we have offering mm-hmm. some options like UNISA because UNISA already like from from the experiences of the people that are going there and what mm. I've heard, it's not like the end all and be all. It's really, yeah. it's really a tough space to navigate, f- mm-hmm. from what I gather. They have right? a lot of kids. Mm. Yeah, and they are not like haha kings. They're like serious kings that need to be mm-hmm. addressed. Okay. And okay. I think it would be great to have the choice. And I think that it's great when you have more choices and people can choose what they can basically afford. Mm -hmm. But I I struggle with concepts like UNISA because you basically sort of... I remember this one friend of mine was telling me that he's very proud of himself because... Basically, you don't really have classes, you know, you need to, like, you don't really have yeah. classes, you don't really have that much support. And he was saying that he's so proud because basically that degree is him, like, it's mm-hmm. he basically he did that. 
And I was just like, that's great, but I don't want to struggle like that. Honestly. I don't see myself for just like a degree. Yes, like it has to be challenging, but not to that extent. Like I don't want to go over and above for just Kolo. So you want levels. You want the option to say, let me talk to the lecturer about this. Exactly. I think like, you know, the some form of like it it cannot just be that I am here. Like and I think that for me I prefer like face to face interactions. I, I really like it. Even when I do online courses now, I'm 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 I want to do them and I'm I have applied for some of them. I really struggle. I really struggle with just like going through material and then looking at someone saying ba 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 and then explaining a concept and then I go on to the next thing. I mm-hmm. I I enjoy face to face interactions. I enjoy being able to, you know, raise my hand. I, I enjoy the mm-hmm. the classroom experience, honestly. And I I feel like we cannot take that away. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it, it's actually fair. And I, I feel like it's not even conducive at the end. Not mm-hmm. altogether, like, but yeah. If you if you don't have a choice, then yes, online courses are what you can do. Mm-hmm. And some people prefer them, which is great. But I was thinking that we I think we sort of neglect that if we basically move, if like every student moves from a system like UNISA, mm-hmm. it's like, when do you rest? Do you get it? It's kind of like the fatigue that we're having from working mm. from home because we work at all times of the, the day, you know, mm-hmm. like day and night, like you're working. But at least day like we're... Night. there's like no structured unless like you know you're a very composed person and a very structured person you can structure your life say that this is the time but yeah i think we like it's something that we don't think about it's like university actually structures your life in a way and you get times and periods where you rest Okay, I have uh, two responses to that. Like, um, mainly because um, there's this guy who wrote a book. Uh, he is an economics economist. He has a PhD in economics or whatever. Suffered Dean. He wrote the Bitcoin Standard, and he quit. Okay, I don't think I don't know if he quit totally academia, but he set up his own website where he's giving an economics course or economics courses basically since that's what people with PhDs do and he has uh, different levels from economics 101 until economics 3 something something and probably higher as well and just like uh, $50 a course how much is $50? One thousand, depending on which day of the week you're looking at the currency exchange. So, 
fifty dollars is like one thousand rands, and he does this course, and he also has seminars every week. Kalawun, it's an online course. We on Zoom, we talking and stuff like that, and talking about the content of a course, but also the content from previous courses. Because the other thing, Kuhurangere, you do the course. And you might be doing economics 101, but you miss economics 102 for whatever reason, I don't know. Or you might be doing uh, 201 and you miss 101. So he gives you the option to go over 101 content and during the weekly seminar, you can ask questions about all these contents. And yeah, cool. And he structured it in a weird way where you don't have an exam. No. So you read at your own pace, and then when you complete the course, you've completed the course, no exam, no nothing. So it's his belief for exams don't really work. And yeah, you can have an argument for that. And then my second one is uh, my own personal um, approach. And it has to do with the degree that I got. and. Uh, the things I'm interested in, which is more artisanal, uh, where you kind of create stuff. And the result of uh, your creation is let you know whether or not you're doing well or you're doing poorly, right? And yeah, you in computer science, you write a program. The program either runs or it doesn't run. Uh, if it runs, it either runs correctly or it doesn't run correctly. And if it runs correctly, it either runs for all cases, even the corner cases, or it does. And you keep iterating on that. And once you get over a few hurdles, you don't need a lecture. Uh, so then it becomes this YouTube where you probably find the best lecturers in the world teaching most of this content because most of this content has been available for years centuries maybe, and chances are the person who's at your university is not the per best person for the job. So you could always go and Google and find the best or a better person for the job towards you understanding something and apply it. And if uh, you apply it right, you'll either get a correct blah, blah, blah. But yeah, obviously, uh, this approach, the artisanal approach, would probably not work for more announced topics, like economics being one of them. And uh, the things you are studying in the environmental space, I think it's also different. And also things that actually require a budget for you to do with a, in a lab or research that requires a budget for you to conduct. So that's where the university comes in. But yeah, cool. And what else is there then on, on this topic of how uh, courses might change? Okay, I I like how I like the the part you explained about the economics professor, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that like our degrees are never in silos. Yeah, like. You study um, like six courses, let's say at least six courses in a semester, and then yeah. 
you have, um, then you study another six courses in a semester. Um, mm-hmm. the, these people that are teaching specific subjects on their platforms or on YouTube, um, it would be, I think it would require a lot of work personally for mm-hmm. you to just, you know, somehow like tailor made all the things that you would need. I guess if it was uh, a specific university that's just basically online, that would be better. But mm-hmm. the the type of courses that you're talking about, it's it's sort of like it's post undergrad, right? It's like it's us basically. It's the ones that have um, basically yeah. And we are doing it for our own professional growth or, you know, mm-hmm. for other reasons. I think um, the, the space for postgrad and for undergrad, it's, it's very different. For postgrad, spaces like UNISA and even spaces like the university right now and how they function, it's actually fine. Like the the online learning, sort of the more where you focus more like a hybrid learning, but you also focus more on the online side or the virtual side. It's okay for anybody above, for mm-hmm. academia that's like um, above postgrad. For undergrad, I, yeah, that's where I struggle with it. No, okay. you know, and then it's okay. the the considerations for the fact that Mm-hmm. If you are um, spaces like universities provide things like laptops and data, like Wi-Fi and electricity, mm-hmm. and depending on where you come from, you don't have those. They're not really mm-hmm. accessible. So you need that space for you to mm-hmm. actually progress. So the university is actually already set up uh, as an environment specifically set up for these studies. Exactly. Okay. Uh, exactly. So I think and the, that point is actually um, something that a lot of people have even realized with working from home because a lot of people are also not set up to work from home. They don't have a desk. They don't have a monitor, they don't have a chair, so they end up working on their sofa, and that is bad bad ergonomic, and your back is going to cry to you um, later that, yo, what you're doing, I don't like it, and worst case scenario, it ends up shortening a person's um, career, because, or at least on the desk, um, because they are just not sitting on an ergonomic environment. And I think that kind of extends as well to studies too, because, yeah, if your household is not set up, and I believe in most cases, most households, especially in South Africa, are not set up for that specific thing, where everyone gets their own space, gets their desk, gets a chair to study. Even with Mama Zalonya Wubala Uli saying, when I am working on her, yeah, lecture. Yeah. And even like, aside from that, like, your 
your surrounding, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I tried to put on headset so that you couldn't hear my surrounding. Like, I live in a very noisy neighbor, or I have very noisy neighbors. It's a perfect mm-hmm. example. Yeah. You can control your immediate space, right? You can control that you have a desk. You can control that you have data. You can control that you have electricity. But Mm. the things that happen outside, like this random person out here is playing music. For what reason? I don't know. Very loud. Like the windows are shaking. I can't control that. And you think about how your space... Yeah, the space that you're in should be conducive for studying. And if it's not, how do you then progress? And like Kokasi, it's hard. It's Mm -hmm. hard. That's why university spaces are usually very quiet. Mm -hmm. Mm. And yeah. Then for the next side of the topic, which is... um, Okay, we dealt with the lecture side, we dealt with the student side. So, admissions and new learners, how is that going to go this year with all the weird and different changes? Yeah, that's a very good question. So, (laughs) I was uh, speaking to my mom who's a teacher, mm-hmm. right? But she's teaching, like, foundation phase. And I was saying that... She was saying that the way that things are going and how bad it is, they must just, like, pass all the students, right? Well, and I was like, yeah, maybe that's not really, like, what they should do. What possibly you should do is that you should fail all the students. Okay. And then she was like... And I was like... What? <laughs> I legitimately did not think about that. I did not think about what happens to the ones that are like supposed to be coming and, into school. And right? mm-hmm. Yeah. And okay. I was like, yeah, I was stunned. I, I really did not know the answer. But okay. um, I think what I'm worried about in the current state of universities in South Africa is that we have the the rich universities like the University of Pretoria and the University of Witzvatersrand and UCT that have been able... No, I said it right. People eligible to... Don't get yourself. Yes, I just remembered that I can't... University of it, it is correct, but in my head, it doesn't sound correct, so that's why I had to say it. So, what was I saying? The rich ones are gonna do different things, yeah. Like, we are seeing that the it's it's basically the story of the have and the have nots, right? Mm-hmm. Um universities that are that have been previously and still disadvantaged are the ones that are struggling with the the incentives that they the university said that they're going to put in place the laptops the data you know all these um, things that they said that they're going to do so that people progress and people basically 
you know, are able to finish their academic career, they won't be able to do that. And I think that sometimes universities are just like we tried, but still mm. like put out information. It's not like uh, a, an encompassing space where if some of the people don't have access, yeah. we're, we, are, we are not moving on. It's like we are moving on because 75% of them still do. So I think about scenarios where the the students from the elite universities are the ones that um, write exams and finish the academic year. And if you are graduating this year, you graduate and you go into the workspace, right? Maybe. And you don't know about the unemployment rate in South Africa for graduates. Yeah, like, let's say, um, optimistically, you oh. go into the workspace, right? <laughs> the level of optimism optim- required for that specific one. Yeah, but okay. no, I, I know. Mara, Mara, like, think of it in this way. There are a lot of graduate programs, right? It, mm. Like, those positions have to be filled. And the people that will fill the graduate programs are the people that will be able to complete their graduate, their degrees mm. this year. They're the ones that their universities will be able to say, here is your degree, you can't leave, no. right? What happens to the other students that their universities failed them and they didn't have the resources to pull Indeed. whatever magic that you're supposed to pull you when you are in the trenches of poverty? They hustle, they, they train the hustle. I like I really hate the word hustle, like it, hey. especially for black people. It's really like like a fluid coming because it's like you it's just yeah, you have to hustle, but hustle that hustle is not the same thing. It does not mean it's it's not an inclusive language. Cause when you think yeah. about the word hustle. Yeah. But they the, yes, the okay, you hustle. can hustle, right? You can hustle. Mm-hmm. But you can be unsuccessful in your hustling, right? Yeah, well, so that's the other side of the hustle, yeah? My point is that if you are unsuccessful in your hustling and you aren't able to progress, that means that you're basically going to have to repeat a year. And you're ba- like, it's sort of like a, a cycle that basically entraps you in the, the, the poverty that you're trying to get out of. Because mm. what is supposed to give you resources is a university, but it fails you. And you, you being able to find yourself within a, in a better situation is you getting a job. And those jobs are basically going to go to the people that basically graduate this year. And the people that are going to graduate are going to be the people from the universities that are rich. Well, and we, we know that, yeah. There's really not that many jobs as we speak because the job market also got hit. I hear you. Um, and I don't, I don't disagree with that, but I still think that mm-hmm. it, it is 
the I think excuse me for for text they you know the career fair that we used to do the physical one I think mm. they released a virtual one I think mm. I, I still get the the notifications and stuff so it's not that my point is that the ones that are there okay right they're not a lot they're not a lot yes but the ones that mm. are there we need to consider who is going to get the ones that are there okay like um it's it's unfortunate that um our society does not consider holistically like we don't have the thing of we are sl- like everybody's slowing down so maybe we should all slow down together it's like wasokola marilyn nakasokola nyana you know but i'm still going to move on and i feel like that's what the the some of the universities in south africa decided to do i don't know they do have these commissions of all the universities where all these vice chancellors are sitting in my head i'm like y'all didn't like come together and were just like look it won't be unfair for some of us to finish our academic year while some of you don't maybe we should consider somehow tech team find something well these are the things that i question well the at the end of the day each school acts um, individually and unless this is a fitness for protest where actually schools have to act in unison uh, in response but um, the other thing is as it is not all schools can react the same way because schools are set up differently um i think the whole data and laptops changes was a kind of a kind of a universal decision from the government or something like that i don't know so, but the structures were not in place at some of these schools that did get the money to distribute the data and the laptops so i think uwc is one of the schools where they might be an investigation hurry pila pila how did this work out how did uh, you guys get, get the laptops to the students how did you guys get the data to the students because i think i saw a tweet a while back saying that the students were actually uh sold uh, these laptops that they got mm oh, so things like these make a unified response harder because their actual implementation is what is going to be the weird uh, regardless of whatever decision gets made regardless of whether we say you know, let's uh, all slow down when it comes the time to actually implement that that's where we will see differences uh, i'm of the opinion, uh, opinion that everyone should do what's best for their own individual interests and assume that the next person is going to do the same thing for what is best for their own individual interests and hopefully we'll reach consensus in that way 
I, well, that's not what happened and that's not what is happening and that is not, I don't even think that's how things work. But yeah. in a sense of individualistic um, approaches, yeah, mm. I guess that's what people do and that's what people are drawn to. But I think, yeah, for me, it's, it's disheartening to just think of the fact that you're, you're probably at a university that already is um, considered, like, when you say that you graduated from the University of Pretoria, there is some esteem that is held, right? Mm-hmm. Unlike when you come from a different university. And then when you come from the other university where you actually struggle to get a job and now it's going to get worse. I I think about that a lot. I think um when I, I've been reading the the tweets from the university students, it really it saddens me. It really does. Because I'm just like, if I was in that position, that's what I would be thinking about. I'd be thinking about how do I finish? And if mm. I'm not finishing this year, what does that mean? And what does that mean in the space that we're living in where we have an, like a 30% unemployment, youth unemployment rate? And now... Corona. Is it unemployment for you? Yeah, I think it's I think it's 40. Is it 50? I know that statistics as I released another one. I don't I didn't Mm -hmm. read it. Mm, I'd have to go back. But I I the last time I remember it was around the 30s. I don't know to answer your question is I don't know okay cool um, I think that's about it uh, I don't know did you have anything in your notes I heard you say you had notes uh, no I think we kind of covered everything um, mm-hmm. let me see Mm-mm. Yeah, I think we covered everything, but mm-hmm. I I don't see. That, but at the end of the day, I think that it is a form of injustice that you know the, the those students that are not getting what they need to to finish the academic year while everybody else progresses is very unfair. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it plays out. Probably it's already playing out, right? Yeah. It is Blade still the Minister of Higher Education. Yeah, I think so. I think because I've completed, you know, my mm-hmm. degree now, I am very disassociated from okay. the the university news, really. I think uh-huh. that it's easier to stay, to keep up with everything that happens when you're within it. But yeah. um, I think I'm very, very far from it. Oh, cool. but Do you have any questions that, for me? 
Um, how have you been? I've been good, man. The sun's been shining. I've been jogging. Uh, cooking my yeah. food, making sandwiches, drinking tea. The good stuff. You've been jogging. Yeah. Uh, I tried to exercise today and I almost died. For real? Because, yeah, because I haven't been exercising for a very long time. And mm. yeah, it was hard. But I think now that I'm, I'm actually starting to feel like myself again, I'm trying to get back into the swing of things. Okay. So what are you paying no gains? That must mean you actually gained a lot from today's exercise. Yeah, I don't know if that is true. Oh. You know, some things you must take them with, like, a grain of salt. I think that's what I'm learning now is that you can't really say that. Um, I read a quote with uh, some lady, can't remember her name, um, said that, you know, the, they say that the, the, the constant things in life are death and taxes. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, unless you are a conglomerate with um, a very good accountant. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, like you need to sometimes hyphen the statements that you say because there are mm-hmm. some exemptions mm-hmm. to the rule. Hmm? Yeah, no, I, I was just saying for the case. So yeah, are you going to try to kill yourself again tomorrow? To yeah, I am. I am. You know, sucker okay. for punishment and all. Okay, keep it up, keep it up. Do it safely. I shall try. I will. I'll take it slow. I'll get there. All right. Thank you, Piladi. Uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And until we talk again, yes, stay blessed. Thank you for to you too. And enjoy your tea. Julio.